Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, welcome everybody to the weekly Scrimber Town Hall. Um, I think you said it, Per, this is the last one of the year, the last one of 2021. I don't know how you feel about 2021, but as far as your coding journey and the Scrimber community have gone, I hope it's been a good one so far and we can end things out strong today. We have a few things in mind for this town hall. I mean, every week we get together in this exact place at the exact time, so it's easy for you to predict when it's happening. And we talk about some of the news that happened in Scrimber at Scrimber in the last week. So it could be product updates, we have a few to share, could be updates to the Discord community, could be other announcements from the community. For example, some things that Michael might have come across in the weekly Scrimber newsletter. Maybe you can drop a link to that, Michael, if people don't know it. And then, you know, since it's Christmas and, and gearing up for New Year's, you know, we're happy to sort of have fun with the formats and, and we, long story short we we very recently recorded a special episode of the scrimber podcast where Sindra, per leanne michael matthias abdella and bob we all joined a zoom call and took questions from you guys in the community either from here on discord or twitter and um, we couldn't get around to answering them all unfortunately so leanne it was it was your idea actually maybe we could sort of bring a few more questions up and, and both answer them and ask those questions to people in the audience as well for a bit of fun yeah, definitely. There's some really fun questions in the Scrimba Christmas fun Q&A thread, which you can see above the announcement. And maybe people could go and look at that. I think it's public. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they can copy and paste the questions they're most interested to know, perhaps. Totally. And if you, um, let me try and link it if I can, but, but basically it's a thread under the announcements channel here on Discord. So maybe the best way to find it is just visually. There's a screenshot in the Town Hall Chat channel. And you know, speaking of the Town Hall Chat channel, this is a channel just above the stage where you can type anything you want, basically, if you want to engage with us. I mean, just to kick things off, it'd be great if you just said hello and, and where you're from. So hello, I'm Alex from the UK. And then we know that people are alive and well and maybe ready to participate in a few in a few sorts of uh, fun questions. But to sort of kick things off, let's just go through some news on the on the Scrimber front. I mean, one thing I'm super curious about, Leanne, and I'm sure people in the audience are too, you know, if we're nearing the end of the year, that must mean we're also nearing the end of JavaScriptmas. How, how are things going? What's new in the last week? Yeah, yesterday was the Snowman Customizer Challenge. And I will find one that really mm. caught my eye. Uh, one moment, because this particular one, um, <laughs> one of the stretch goals was to give the snowman other features that weren't in the basic challenge, for example, a hat. Uh, but someone's gone one step further and the snowman can have a face mask, should it wish to. So safety first, even for snowmen. <laughs> yes, very good. And um, here is the link to all the solutions of the day these are some of them caught our eye throughout the month of javascriptness some very cool ones in there so you can check them out maybe get some inspiration maybe see your own yeah, exciting and just for anybody who maybe hasn't heard of javascriptness or wondering if there's still time to get involved what can you tell them mm -hmm. totally so it's an advent calendar of javascript mostly javascript based coding challenges that we do here at Scrimba. Here it is. It's definitely still time to get involved because uh, you don't have to do all of them. You just do one if you like. 
but you can just do the ones that are remaining. And every single one you do gives you one more chance, one more ticket into our lottery on Friday 24th, where you could win a thousand US dollars. And if you complete the task on the day that it's set, so for example, if you complete the 21st one today, you might win a year of free Scrimba Pro. So yeah, check it out. That's awesome. That's amazing. And like, are we doing a sort of uh, prize draw on Christmas Eve? Yeah, we are. Over on Grimba's live stream. Here we are. Christmas Eve, uh, December 24th. We will be live streaming the grand final. So come along and hopefully bask in the glory of winning. (laughs) Nice. You're looking forward to that, Michael? I see you looking um, enthusiastic in the thumbnail. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it'll be wait. it'll be great fun. No, I I actually cannot wait. No, be, well, and to be fair, it's twenty fourth. So my big question, I suppose, the biggest question is: Should I drink rum on the stream, or should I not? Is one o'clock too early, or is it not? That's that's mm. the problem. Where you are in the world, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, so are, is it like the... pure? I was just, just going to say you're. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say you're the CEO and by extension the HR department. What do you think? <laughs> I definitely think you should uh, drink some rum during that uh, live stream for sure. Is it pure rum or do you mix it out to make a Cuba Libre or something? Oh no, it's pure rum. Yeah, come on. Um, um, uh, I, d- I don't know about Norwegian traditions, but, you know, where I'm from, it, alcohol needs to be drank neat. Yeah, like we, we have, uh, we do that as well, uh, but uh, rum is not like a Christmas drink here in Norway. We have uh, what's called uh, Okkevit. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, you tried it? I haven't tried it, but it sounds quite tasty. It is really good, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the thing is, if it's pure Akvit, if it's real Akvit, it, it should have been, uh, it should pass the equator line, uh, the bottle should have passed the equator in order for it to be classified, I think, as, as pure uh, linear Akvit, but uh, I, I'm not so posh, so I don't think I have any Akvit, <laughs> which is actually past the equator. But maybe I'll bring that, uh, my bottle of Akvit, to, to the live stream on the 24th as well, so that we both can, can uh, score, as we say, or chair. Sound, sounds perfect. <laughs> what will is, be your drink, Leanne? What will be my drink? I like to yeah. drink Baileys on Christmas. It's, uh, well, maybe you know it, whiskey and cream mixture mm. um but yeah. it's from ireland but there's a special welsh version so maybe she should get that oh yes hmm. yeah what's so what's what's right. unique about the welsh one well it's basically the same it's just made in wales oh. welsh whiskey <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are a few like quite famous distilleries in wales i guess like yeah. aging whiskey isn't dependent on like climate and stuff well maybe it is a little bit but not like grapes or something for wine so well, i really hope in... i hope scottish are not listening to us because you know that that that's going to be controversial i would love to hear like what people uh, what will you be drinking on uh, during christmas 
not necessarily alcohol, of course. We're not advocating for people to 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 drink more uh, alcohol if they're not uh, that's not their thing. But uh, what's what's your Christmas drinks? Posted in the chat. Uh, I'd love to see what people around the community are uh, are having this Christmas. Okay, definitely. And food? Did you say, Leanne? Yeah, that's a very good question. Like what food people eat, like it would be really cool to know where you're from, what you drink and what you typically eat on Christmas. Cause I've always, I've always kind of got the impression that at least in the UK and America, like it's, it's fairly similar stuff, like a bird, some roast vegetables, gravy, that sort of thing. But in Norway, it sounds like the tradition is like quite different, isn't it? And probably elsewhere in the world as well. It is basically meat, potatoes and uh, yeah, sides uh, so we have uh, i'm gonna post here what we're gonna eat uh, pin the shut it's uh, like sheep it's uh, really really good but yeah i think it's i think it's a uh, like in general most people eat meat uh, I, I would assume uh, on christmas uh, christmas day or christmas eve so so pin sorry i'm gonna really struggle to pronounce it pin 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 Pinochet, yes. P- it's It's just like a cut of, it's a cut of meats or is it like marinated in a certain way? I think it's like ribs and it's been salted uh, to, to be preserved for, for months. Oh, so it's really, yeah. really salty. Uh, Got to water it out. Uh, but, but what are you having? What are you having on the Christmas day, Alex? Um, I've, yeah, making a beef wellington actually, which could be, <laughs> I mean, I've made a few beef wellingtons in the past. I think I'm pretty good at it, but there's always a, a big potential it's, it's going to go very wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've got I've got the sort of meat thermometers and things. You plug it in through the oven and maybe I can code some JavaScript while I wait for it to... No, no, I'm, jo- I'm not going to code JavaScript on Christmas Day, but I could I could do some other things while it comes up to temperature and things. Um, and yeah, with like some gravy, make some gravy out of the fond from the meats after giving it some color and then roast some veggies, make some like, you know, really buttery mashed potato. Like if you're eating mm. during the year, you might just, you know, not, not go too crazy with it, but I want, yeah, pre, pre close, uh, maybe equal parts butter and potato is ridiculous, but I mean, I'm happy to go to town, uh, for the sake of Christmas and in the Christmas spirit. Right. What are people in the chat saying? I noticed a lot of people, at least, were drinking uh, whiskey and eggnog. Hmm. That, I, I that's don't... whiskey sour, isn't it? Eggnog. Or, or what is that actually? Yeah, eggnog. I I wondered. Uh, I read up on it literally the other day, and I forgot completely what it was. Yeah, Milk punch. It's quite popular in England. Like eggnog and Bailey's are like the two go-to Christmas drinks. But I, maybe I've not had them in recent years. But but generally, I don't think I like them. Never really figured out what they're what them. Until like Leanne just told me about Bailey's, I guess. But I still don't really know what eggnog is. Yeah, Marley said it there. It's basically elk, eggs, milk, and spices. Got it. Okay, so not what I thought. And alcohol, or is that optional? I th- yeah, I think that is. Uh... It's like a liqueur. I think it's alcohol. Yeah. Hmm. It's optional, but it improves it greatly. 
Cool. So should we get into some of the news uh, at Scrimba? Yeah. Sure. So, um, there's a f- yeah. Oh, do you have something in mind? No, no, no. Uh, hoping you have the list. I don't have it. Sure. I mean, there's a few updates from these sort of product side of things and uh, Discord bots. One thing you might have noticed if you if you are active here on Discord is that the power hour is back and better than ever. Why is it better than ever? Mm. Because now Pumpkin joins the power hours with you. Does it? <laughs> wow. He's a busy, busy boy. <laughs> There's also so what, does power, what does Pumpkin do uh, during the power hour? I think just Kicks watches and, and, and make sure you're not like browse, make sure you're not like uh, you know watching cat videos on YouTube. Apparently that's not okay. Um, I don't think in truth I don't think um, they do anything right now. But there's always been cool ideas around the power hour that we we haven't got around to implementing yet. Like if their bot connects, in this case Pumpkin, they could play like some lo-fi music, for example, um, to help you concentrate. Yeah. Or they could maybe have like a built-in Pomodoro timer, so every 25 minutes. Um, you know, the counter goes off and it says, cool, meow, time for a break or something. So not, not this is something that Abdella has like taken over in recent months. And, and one thing I can tell you about Abdella, if you haven't encountered them yet, is that they are full of like solid, awesome ideas about ways to connect Discord and Scrimba. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens on that front. Yeah, definitely a lot of exciting things going to happen in 2022 regarding the connection between uh, the... Um, the Discord platform and, and or sorry, the Scrimba platform and, and Discord in general. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think something uh, we ch- did some changes on the Karma as well this this week, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So when we first released the Karma system in in the Scrimba Discord, which if you don't know. Well, originally it meant that if you helped someone in one of the dedicated help channels, like JavaScript help, React help, or something like that, and some other user reacted to your message with the purple heart emoji, they were basically giving you a karma point. So every time someone reacts, you get a karma point. And and fun fact, like I don't think this is obvious to everybody when they're learning the Discord server. So if you're if you're new here, for example, you might not know this, but you can type slash leaderboard. And you'll see like a leaderboard of the people with the most karma. You can also type slash karma and see your current karma points. Um, and if you earn 250 karma, you can actually exchange those karma points for a Scrimba hoodie, basically. And, and to be honest, that was quite a big task until recently, because until recently, you know, these karma points only worked in the help channels. But now any channel you receive a purple heart emoji in will count towards your karma points, meaning you can get, and this is so important, right? Because you might also be helping people in the front end career path modules. If you're a pro user, you might be helping people with a platform issue. Like maybe a, maybe there's something they're asking about Scrimba or the community. You know, we don't just want to reward people for coding questions necessarily, but if you do anything that's positive and helpful in the community, you now stand to earn some karma. And, and obviously that's maybe bragging rights, but also, you know, you can exchange them for a Scrimba hoodie at one point so go crazy whoop 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 yeah hoping people will uh, embrace that more and more but i guess we also got to do a better job um of communicating uh, the karma system we haven't really got any uh like uh, any video about it uh, it's just briefly mentioned here and there in the interface and in the channels and it is mentioned in the 
handbook, but how many people read that? That's so right. I'm looking forward to that in 2022 as well to, to think more about how we'll uh, basically teach people about the karma system and, and motivate them to, to use it. Definitely. And I mean, the karma log channel goes a little bit there. So if you, whenever you receive karma, you sort of see a log, you might get curious what it's about, but you're so right. Like the handbook could be so much more prominent. One, one thing people might not know, which could be, which could be handy is that, you know, if you go to your Scrimba dashboard and you hover over your avatar in the top right corner, you can also see your karma points. I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you need another place to see them, right? Cause you can do it in discord. But the reason I highlight that is because this is just the very, very beginnings of how karma could be connected to scrimba.com, meaning maybe, you know, not obviously sharing any specific ideas at this time, but just to sort of give you an impression, maybe if you watch 10 minutes of a, or maybe if you complete a module, you can earn some karma, for example. Um, something else we've spoken about a little bit in recent weeks is about a sort of peer support system where you can help other new developers through the uh, platform and likewise practice your skills as you teach as well this is obviously another opportunity where you might earn some karma so there's plenty of big updates to come i think yeah and on that note i can share some of the um plans or, or underlying ideas we have for the karma system of kind of what kind of behavior we want to uh, encourage with this karma system <clears throat> oh yeah go for because it. yeah uh, so, so there's essentially four uh, different categories of uh, karma activities I I've identified. Uh, one being a consistency in your studies. Basically, every time you watch something or complete something, as you said, Alex, uh, or maybe every time you uh, every time you post something in the today, I will, so that will kind of encourage uh, that kind of um, accountability, and so that you are more accountable. That, that is uh, activities you can get karma points for. Um, the second one being helpfulness, obviously, as we've already said, helping people um, in Discord, for example, but also as we implement these code review features in 2022, where you are able to give feedback to other students, that will definitely be a, a high value karma activity. You'll probably get more karma points for doing that than anything else. Uh, and then there's like just uh, community engagement. So we really want to give people karma points just for showing up. So for example, let's say that all of you got one karma point because you showed up to this town hall. That would be great. And then finally, number four, I think something that helps you increase your job chances would be really cool to award karma for. So let's say you uh, deploy your portfolio or you optimize your LinkedIn and we are in some way uh, able to to verify these things then it would be so cool to use karma points for for um for doing those kinds of activities but yeah that, that's just four high level uh, directions uh where we're thinking uh, the karma system will kind of motivate people to take action that sounds so good yeah and and speaking of like the the um, prices as alex said with the hoodie that's just also the very start. I mean, there will be other things with uh, other benefits. I mean, we're thinking about how can we give you fame, uh, the more karma you get, like it highlighted on scrimba.com. How can we give you exclusivity? Maybe we open up certain channels for, for karma users with, uh, over a, who have a, a certain threshold of, of karma. How can we help your career? How can we kind of, maybe we could give you like a top student certificate uh, when you reach a certain karma point. 
uh, and also maybe we can even give people discounts when they get enough karma that's also a really cool idea because you're essentially helping other students succeed uh, the more karma you get so i think it's worth it from from uh, like the company's point of view uh, to actually uh, give them a discount on on their uh, subscription well it sort of plays into this idea of giving people a university level coding experience at the price of a gym membership. Like the only way that works is if you guys in the community help each other, which on the surface sounds very altruistic and like, well, you know, I'm here to learn to code myself. But one thing we've seen time and time again and experienced firsthand is just how important it is it is to help others with their coding problems because it will solidify the things you're learning. It will kind of prove what you know and what you don't know because as soon as you try and explain something to someone, you often realize that you don't quite understand it as well as you thought you did. And at the end of the day, it's the same kind of uh, scenario you're going to run into during a job interview or even the job where you're presented with a problem you don't know yet or you don't know what the problem is going to be. And you have to sort of rely on your knowledge and your wits to solve that problem obviously you can kind of simulate that a bit in the community and as much as we preach about it like as important as it is obviously karma points will will what i hope will motivate people further since it's just so helpful to the individual for sure cool i i don't think there are many more sort of like big updates on the product or the platform side unless i'm missing something Unfortunately, like sometimes Frodo will join us, our CTO, or Matthias or Abdella, um, who are developers here at Scrimba. Um, we're, we're mostly sort of here on the community side of things today, I think, as well as you, Pat. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure if I'm missing anything from the product side. What What do you think? M maybe one thing, uh, Leanne. I saw a message. I saw a message on Slack from Syndra uh, where he demoed fantastic, fantastic piece of functionality, which was like concurrent editing of a scrim and look and it, it's mind-blowing it's amazing so it's like more than one person can be in one scrim and they can like watch you know like the teacher is leading and you can see live updates where the cursor is and the rest of it so it's like it, it kind of expands the possibility to actually walk people through code and give them help as you do it together like kind of the features that you already have in vs code with live share and stuff but now you like syndra is working on the piece of functionality where you can do it in a scrim and it's epic yeah it's really good yeah he's had a lot of uh, progress lately uh, working on the next version of, of the scrim interface or the editor which is rewritten entirely in imba 2.0 so it's it's a huge uh, milestone to get that out the door, uh, and as yeah, as Michael said, includes some really neat functionalities, uh, and and also like um, it'll just look better. I think it'll look more update. I I think that we're planning to to actually inch a little bit closer towards the VS Code layout because it is VS Code under the hood, and. Um, a lot of people say, look at Scrimba and they say, why should I code in like a silly toy online editor? Well, it's actually just VS Code. We've just stripped away a little bit of the complexity that you, that you don't need as a junior developer and, and tweak the design slightly. So uh, part of like the, the, the rewrite uh, will be, if not in the first version, uh, then definitely a bit later, um, inching it a little bit closer to, to VS Code as well, which I think is super cool. You're thinking about things like uh, 
maybe the command palette, some extra kind of renaming and refactoring tools, maybe uh, themes. Is that on the? Is that an option? Yeah, we're thinking about that, and also like having. If let's say you want to close the sidebar and only have the uh, files in in the tabs uh, on the top um, top of the editor, uh, that's an opportunity. That's something we want to add back in again. We actually had it a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing saying seeing uh, someone say Emmet. That's also definitely something we want to get into the, to the new version once we've deployed it. Oh, yeah, if people love Emmet. Don't forgot about that. Yeah, sounds wicked. Is there an update to the way people can submit JavaScript most solutions, Leanne? Not an update as such, but um, as most people know, our server was hacked on December the 10th and everything was deleted and we've not been able to get it back, which means all the submissions from the JavaScript most solutions channel uh, can't be counted. So. If you would like them to be counted and you submitted via Discord, then please resubmit into the new JavaScript Solutions channel. If you already submitted um, after after the server was reinstated or via Twitter, then those are already counted. Uh, it's just if you've only done it via Discord prior to the hack, basically. I've sent an email about it, but I will also do an announcement in the announcements channel after this. Well, I'm, I'm misremembering. I have to admit, I didn't fully understand it. I, I just saw it in passing. But isn't is, wasn't there a way to, for example, like s submit your solution via Scrimba or something? Oh, right. Like, yeah, uh, that, that's yeah. right. If you head on over to the JavaScript Solutions channel, you will see, uh, yeah, if you scroll up a bit, you'll see that some of the submissions have been submitted by Pumpkin. And what this means is that when you're in a JavaScriptness challenge and you hit the share to Discord button, or share solution and then share to Discord, um, Pumpkin posts it on your behalf. So it's basically one or two clicks, very easy to share to Discord, thanks to Pumpkin's hard work. <laughs> Wicked. And, He's and everywhere. <laughs> Pumpkin is everywhere nowadays. I mean, they're our, are they our official mascot at this point? I think so. Or maybe we're their official mascots. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. In practice, Pumpkin is our mascot. Yeah. Michael, are there any sort of like standout highlights from the Community Digest last weekend? Uh, well, um, I had to skip the Community Digest last week, unfortunately, due to our ongoing boiler issues. But actually, it's been fixed today, so... Oh, there we go. That's the update. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Yay. so uh, the newsletter will be back on, so we don't have to hassle uh, plumbers all around Wales anymore. And uh, so we can refocus our efforts on the newsletter. Uh, basically, it will be like an overarching quick summary of a couple of weeks kind of all the christmas stuff and, and you know holiday uh, resources and things so people can kind of you know get ready and maybe like maybe like a little book club for people who want to read there'll be like a link to resources for books uh you know maybe a late christmas present from someone maybe new year's eve present that's that's a thing um so yeah we'll uh 
be posted. And obviously congratulating all the winners, of course, because it'll be on Friday 25th. Sorry, Saturday 25th, and the JavaScript as winner will be announced on 24th. Oh, wicked. Awesome. So people, like, that'll be like an extra Christmas Day present for people. Exactly. The <laughs> email from me, handcrafted, you know, all the craft, uh, whatever, hipster, coffee-flavoured uh, email coming right into your inbox on Christmas Day. Sick. That does Very mean good. you're going to have to write it on Christmas Day, so just bear that in mind. Uh, shush, I'm not. I'm not dis disclosing my process, but I'll. I hope I won't have to. I won't have to. <laughs> I won't have to do it on 25th or 24th. I hope. I hope I'll. I'll hope I'll write everything uh, a little bit earlier, and then on 24th, just add the Christmas Day winner. Sorry, Christmas Eve winner, and that'll be it. It's got processes in place, people. Hey, Bian, just one quick question, and then we'll move on to some sort of Q&A stuff, maybe from the uh, from the thread we picked out earlier, the Scrimba Christmas Fun Q&A one. Um, but just tell people a little bit about, you know, the space we hosted last Thursday. And I also see Michael LaRocca in the audience who I think wrote like a supporting blog post. So maybe while you describe it, I can pull up that link for people. Yeah, it was great. We had a load of speakers from around Twitter. Basically, the aim of the game was to have a chat about how to tackle tricky but non-technical questions in job interviews. Obviously, our idea was that this is interviews for developer jobs, but really these are the kind of questions that come up in almost all job interviews. Stuff like, why do you want to work here? What's your biggest failure? Tell me about yourself mm -hmm. and various others. And yeah, Michael Rocker has very helpfully made this very useful blog post that summarizes everything we talked about. And over on Scrimba's Twitter is also the recording if you want to listen to the whole thing. So yeah. I'll try and pull a link up to that as well. I wonder how long the recordings last for. I kind of find it hard to imagine they're there forever. Um, mm -hmm. But maybe we can figure that yeah. out. Were there any sort of like standout, like standout things that you learned from that space? It was nice to talk about how you deal with conflict in the workplace. Um, because basically you have to say something. <laughs> because if you say, oh, I've never had any conflict in the workplace, well, that's probably not true. And it also doesn't really demonstrate anything about you. So you have to come up with a situation that's happened where there was conflict and how you dealt with it and a positive outcome so yes very enlightening that that's such that last point is just so important i think we were discussing this and someone on the stage named tech rally otherwise known as alex very cool name mm. they work at amazon and they really pointed out that you know it's not enough to just complain when someone asks you in an interview you know tell us about a time you had a conflict um maybe just don't complain and say oh well this person you know this happened that happened but but really it's important you then mm. present the resolution like what did you either do to improve the situation or what have you learned from that experience and, and taken forward with you um you have to answer these questions honestly i think because all the cliches are like so obviously cliche nowadays like another question that came up is like oh what are your what are your weaknesses and like you know oh caring too much i work too hard this kind of thing what would yeah. you if someone described themselves like that in a job interview what would you think 
Well, obviously, it doesn't uh, like it doesn't uh, doesn't make me trust that person. I would just think this is uh, this is someone who's hiding their weakness, <laughs> and maybe their weakness is really really bad since yeah. they don't want to talk about it. Since they only want to like uh, uh, fake fake something else and turn it into a positive. So yeah, uh, that kind of um, dishonesty, which it is, is not uh, not good. And maybe like, I don't know if it's worse, the same or a little bit better or something, but like just lack of awareness, like every single person has like some weaknesses, right? Like it's unavoidable. No one's truly perfect. And and if you don't have a clue what your weakness is, um, it's not, it's not necessarily the, I mean, you, when you're new to the industry, sometimes it's hard to know these things, I think, but especially a little bit later down the line, like you, you demonstrate self-awareness with your answer to that question. It does. And you also gain like credibility. So if you then I will trust the candidate once they start talking about their strength. And so they, then you can really turn it to your advantage because uh, if, if you then say, yeah, uh, yeah, but my strength is that I work, I'm super productive. Uh, if they've shared a true weakness uh, before that, I would really trust uh, their strength as well. Hmm. But I think combining the two is a, is a good strategy for job interviews. Has this ever come up in one of your interviews, Michael? Yeah, and I kind of always struggle to answer that question as well because, you, well, it, it's best if you just sit down and try to think carefully about what what you might say because, like, obviously you don't want to say something... Well, like, you know, certain things are, like, everyone has certain weaknesses, but you don't want to disclose it to people that you don't know that well. So it's like, you know... Like, you know, when people know each other, they can share a little bit more and they know you a little bit better. Like, you know, the weaknesses that my family knows I have is not weaknesses that I want to tell other people about. Uh, so it kind of has to be a relevant work-related weakness. Um, but, you know, it's like, you shouldn't probably say something like, oh, I really, my weakness is red wine. You know, it's like, it, it might be, but it's best if you don't mention that in the interview. Um, so it, it has to be a very specific work-related weakness and that's oftentimes is very tricky to balance for people yeah. um, so I usually try to come up with something code-related like um, sometimes I struggle to find the exact time when I should ask for help or I suppose it also kind of progresses when you're becoming more and more senior. Some of these things should disappear. But for a junior interview, uh, yeah, they're kind of like, you know, just, just explain your struggles and stuff. Like, what do, you, what do you struggle with when you're coding? Is it that you feel like you can't catch up with every all the information, you know, or you find it hard to find time to learn literally everything you want to know? Um, and that could be a weakness or it could be a strength, you know, because you can t say that you're curious and stuff. So it, it's all about having that discussion. Mm. I think also like thinking about your uh, technical skills, there's obviously something you're better at and something you're not as good at. Uh, I mean, everyone has that. No one are, uh, no developer are like uh, uh, top notch at all. Um, like on front end and back end and design and architecture. I mean, everyone has uh, have kind of things they are better at. So uh, just working on that or like kind of uh, being honest about that 
which shouldn't be a surprise given your portfolio and the and the um, and the job you're applying for. Like if you're applying for a very back end heavy job, then you could say, yeah, I'm, I'm not that good when it comes to like front end and styling things pixel perfect. Actually, one of our developers said that uh, whom we hired here at Scrimba. Uh, and that was totally fine because we knew he had strengths in other um, areas of the stack, basically. Yeah, so, in uh, all my interviews, like I straight up say, my CSS is atrocious. So <laughs> that's my weakness. Still, after all these weekly live streams, you must be a pro by now. Uh, well, I mean, it definitely doesn't correlate with years of experience I have. So, <laughs> like, I can center a div if I have GitHub Copilot enabled. <laughs> Very good. What, what do you reckon, Leon? Are there some Christmas Q&A questions that we can deliberate? And I'd love to sort of ask the same question to the chat since, yeah, I'd love to hear what people have to say. Yeah. Let me choose. Oh, there's a little batch of three from Sandeep. I saw those too. I like those. Yeah, I will copy them into the chat. Dark theme or light theme? Favorite color on the Scrimba color palette? And if I was not working at Scrimba, I would be. I will find the Scrimba color palette. I have it to hand. And Michael, you can start answering. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Uh, I'm always weird one, aren't I? Uh, yeah, I light theme. I, I like dark theme, but I find myself working in light theme all, most of the time. Oh my god, you're not a real programmer. I know, I know, exactly. Like, that is... Uh, like, you know, talking about imposter syndrome, right? Like, light theme, there you go. Here, here, here he is, imposter. Kick him out. I don't, I don't but yeah, that's whole... me debate like i switch themes all the time like if it's daylight outside i put the light theme on as soon as it gets dark and my eyes are tired i put the dark theme on and like it's the same thing with mac os right like in the ios it just syncs your it syncs with the sunset and stuff like that just seems like a no-brainer to me i like the variety too yeah exactly it's like most of the time i write code usually like really early in the morning and throughout the throughout the morning time uh so most of the time it's like the sun is shining from that side uh, so light theme is quite natural. And then uh, later in the evening, I usually don't really write code. Uh, and Discord has dark theme. So that's when I'm usually kind of popping back into the community. So yeah, I would say light theme for my editor. What about you, Leanne and Pear? I wouldn't yeah. use light theme on VS Code because I just think that would be, I don't know. I would just find it a bit odd, I guess. I do use light theme on Discord because when I've tried dark theme, it just feels really claustrophobic. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit the same. I, I use both, basically. So uh, now I have dark theme on, on Discord, but uh, and obviously VS Code dark theme, but most of my other apps are actually light theme. So I'm very um, insensitive towards those things and don't have a lot of preferences. I get used to one, and then I just do it. The worst thing yeah. is when you're like on a dark theme and then because most websites are kind of light by default, right? And then say you're using dark theme in VS Code, but you need to quickly Google something. Like, okay, I think there are Google themes and even GitHub has a dark mode nowadays. But the one article, the one blog post you'll need to solve your 3am coding problem is going to be like with a bright white background probably. And, and then it's that contrast that just feels so caustic to me. 
Yeah, that's painful. Ouch. Okay. You know, we, we did discuss this one a little bit in the podcast, the, the third question from Sandeep, like, if I was not working at Scrimber, I would be dot, dot, dot. But like, I think the way we sort of, tw- we, we sort of rephrased it is like what our alternative sort of dream jobs would be. Um, like, you know, footballer, superhero, I don't know, TV <laughs> celebrity chef. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was like, if tech wasn't an option, what would you do? Uh, software's eating the world, bro. Everything's tech. Yeah. Jamie Oliver's a YouTube chef nowadays. Is he? <laughs> Yeah, yes, I don't know. I have, I yeah, I have very. But you had you had a good one, Michael. Did I? Um, <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to be. Uh, yeah, I kind of wanted. To, I, I said like, if tech wasn't an option, but kind of, if Scrimble wasn't an option, I probably yeah, I would probably just continue with tech. Uh, but if tech wasn't an option, yeah, I would probably get into like uh, what in the UK is called like handy people. So like yeah, plumber, electrician. Well, maybe not electrician. I'm not really good at that. Yeah, maybe like you know, plumber, woodworker, that kind of stuff. So you know, just you know, put a shelf or something. Uh, but then also, you know, I, I kind of get intimidated meeting new people all the time. So, but then I used to work as a teacher. So yeah, maybe it'll be fine. Yeah, plumber problem. Yeah, now you fixed your your problems. You had a plumber today that fixed your house, didn't you? Yes. Well, I mean, for that one, you needed to be like gas certified and stuff. But there was another one uh, a couple of weeks ago that I actually debugged an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When he came over, I just pointed him to what it was and he just, you know, replaced the part. And he was like, yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Just a little bit of Googling, you know, and my dev skills. And he's like, that'll be my... He's like, yeah, that'll be my normal rates. You're like, what? No discount. I basically solved the, I basically solved the problem myself. Uh, yeah, but the landlord pays for it, so oh, I just okay. wanted it to be fixed. <laughs> and the one last week who you had to Google how to turn the boiler on for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. he did. He did ask for. Uh, he was like, "Do you have a manual somewhere?" And I was like, "No, I don't have a manual, but I can Google it." <laughs> and yeah, found some PDF for that model on, on online. Yeah, it, it's quite surprising how much stuff you can actually Google. Not, not even in tech. You're like, well, actually, these skills are very applicable. <laughs> oh man, YouTube is a goldmine. Like, if you need to paint yeah. the ceiling, plaster your wall, fix a pipe. Oh, I don't know. Do a christening for all for all I know. Like, there's a YouTube video for it. Yeah, I actually fixed the boiler once with uh with a YouTube video. Yeah, okay. the guy like filmed everything, what to do with the exact model of the boiler. See, there you go. So maybe my plumber plumber plan is actually not that bad. But instead, maybe we just revealed what went wrong with the boiler in the first place. <laughs> no, that was like six months ago. So. Oh, fair. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been quite fun. What do, what do you reckon, Per? Did you ever consider being a full-time choir singer or something? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, not at all. I, I, I can't remember. Or actually, I think what my answer to this was that if I didn't work at Scrimba, I would uh, probably be working with data science. Because that was what I was considering when I was uh, when when I started Scrimba with Syndra uh, 
back in like 2016 or 2017, uh, the options were to either go to Recourse Center in, in New York, which is kind of like a, a free a three-month exploratory boot camp, you could call it. Basically, you, you hang around with other uh, motivated uh, developers uh, for three months and do whatever you want, basically, like no curriculum, just free, free to explore whatever interest you might have. Um, and, and that's what I, I actually got into the school and really wanted to go there. But uh, Scrimbop, yeah, uh, I'm really glad I chose Scrimbop because mm. of that. Um, when Sidra showed it to me, it was like, holy, holy moly, this this has to exist. So, so I, I chose Scrimbop instead. But um, but yeah, if I had to go to Recourse Center, I'd probably do some data science, AI, machine learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool, cool and interesting technology uh, or technologies, I think. So, uh, but it, so, so I would be a data scientist, probably. But that's still in tech. So uh, if it, I have to answer for a non-tech job or figure out a non-tech job, I, I basically, I, I don't know, to be honest. What about when you were a kid and stuff? Yeah, so my dream was to become an uh, astronaut, of course, as uh, many other kids working with like, uh, like tra- tra- traveling in space. And actually, I started out one day at the university at like physics and, and astronomy. So maybe that uh, is something I would uh, eventually have returned back to at some point. Oh, sounds pretty cool. I wanted to be an accountant when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so all your friends, are like, they want to be footballers, they want to be astronauts. And you're like, ah, look, I got I got into mechanical engineering because, uh, well, I didn't get into the economics department. <laughs> I wanted to be an accountant, and I like my <laughs> grades were not high enough. Like the economy degrees in Ukraine, for some reason, like really, a lot of people wanted to get them when I went to university. So it's like the best of the best, like country scoring people, all went to be lawyers and economists, and I couldn't fulfill my dream of becoming. Well, dream is a loose one, but when I was going to university, it was more like, well, I kind of have to choose something, so why not? But yeah, I, I failed to get into economy degree, and that's how I got into mechanical engineering. But uh, how young were you when you when you wanted to do that? getting into accounting. That was what age? Oh, uh, I kind of made up my mind, like, yeah, like, my dad was an accountant and my brother was studying economy when I was a kid, so maybe, like, seven or eight or something. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do as well. But I think it was a lot of just, like, family, family stuff. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Alex? Oh, I I didn't actually answer this in the podcast. Um, Hmm... I don't know, like, I don't know what I wanted to do as a kid. Like, I was kind of drawn to, like, science things as well, but I was actually never very good at them. Um, just, just had a kind of idle curiosity. I think if I could pick, like, a dream job, it would probably be to, it'd probably be, probably be to, like, be a, a travel TV show or something. Like, just to get to travel and try, like, Anthony mm. Bourdain style, just travel. Like, for me, like, a big part of life is just experiencing as many things as possible. And if I can match that with a job, I would say that's a dream come true. Um, so yeah, that'd be my yeah that sounds epic. What about you, Leon? So... 
Leanne, yeah, please. I'm just oh. finding a uh, suitable screenshot because I did want to be an astronaut for a while, but um, before that, I wanted to be <laughs> a, um, well, I'll just send the screenshot. <laughs> We had this. We had this show in the nineties called Gladiator. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I wanted to be one of those, um, not factoring into the, well, not factoring into account the fact that I hated sport at school and I was really small, and not very muscly. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was my dream job. Well, the outfits are fantastic, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. It was like an obstacle course, right? Well, that was the final part was doing that. It was called the Eliminator. Yeah, which was the obstacle course. But there were other things like swinging on rings, which I would be absolutely awful at, and hitting each other with these giant poles with kind of foam on the end of them, uh, throwing balls into baskets and trying not to be tackled and various other things all of which i'm certain i would be awful at but um it looked fun i wonder what happened to shows like that another one i really used to like was um <laughs> and i'm a bit younger i think so i was watching these as a kid like crystal maze if you remember that one. Oh yeah that was a good one that was more intellectual i think oh. not hitting each other but yeah <laughs> from what i remember yes. <laughs> wicked well, I guess it's no big surprise that we ended up partnering with uh, Friends and Mentor to do and Kevin Powell to do a sort of uh, you know travel to space type website as, as as part of our work at Scrimbo. Sounds like there was an itch all along. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and who knows? Like uh, maybe one day in the future we can all get our or our dreams can come true. So I get go to space. You you go travel the world, Alex. Uh, and becomes a gladiator and <laughs> do some accounting. <laughs> well, Pat, didn't you also say, like, on the on the recording of the podcast, that you know, if if like money was no barrier, like we were all dreaming about, you know, yachts and sports cars and things, and, and you just said, you know, you'd probably hire someone to do the accounting at Scrimber. Maybe, maybe Michael's your man. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> maybe Michael's your man in disguise. For sure. For sure. All right. I think that's pretty much time. Um, but yeah, it's been a pretty laid back one today. Obviously, the last one before the end of the year. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I hope you hope you had fun sort of hanging out with us and chatting about some updates of Scrimba and some fun old questions. Thanks a lot for getting involved in the chat as well. It's always such great fun. We're, we're pretty much on break now, I would say. Like as far as the town hall is concerned, there there won't be one next week, but we'll be back in January. Uh, I think the first the next uh, town hall is going to be on the twenty. Sorry, let me see. It will be on the 4th of January, so you can look forward to that. And yeah, we'll come back refreshed, renewed, maybe bring some new ideas to the town hall. And just as a reminder, you know, various people from Scrimba will be joining us on the stage. So probably in the first week of January, we'll get a few people from the, from the dev team to join us as well and share some cool updates and perspectives as developers. So yeah, thanks again. And yeah, thank you everybody from Scrimba for joining us here on the stage. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank thanks a lot, everyone.